Welcome to Direct View, a Unilumen LED podcast where we discuss design and technology for the world's most stunning LED displays. Hey everyone, and welcome to Direct View, a podcast by Unilumen. I am your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the show. Today, we are diving into the ever-growing world of esports and discussing the integration of LED technology to enhance esports initiatives. And joining me today are two subject matter experts. We have Miles Dean, Business Development Manager of Sports and Entertainment for Unilumen. Miles, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you, Tyler. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we also have Jeff Volk. He is the Vice President at Alpha Video. Jeff, thank you for joining us as well. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the discussion. Absolutely. I, I am as well. And this is a really exciting topic because we really have seen so much growth in esports over the last several years. I was wondering if you guys could speak to that growth and what you've seen in the industry as far as how esports has really been exploding in recent years. Well, and from my perspective, I see a lot of growth within esports, uh, especially within the collegiate level. I see all these colleges and all these universities starting to get into esports because it's more of a student engagement, student body following. And you find that uh, all these athletes are also playing video games as too as well. So all these professional athletes are get involved at a young age within just gaming in the industry. And then they grow up and now it's becoming a more of a following. And so that's what I kind of see is like that, that just that competitive nature within sports and gaming kind of meeting in the middle and creating that type of environment. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think if you look at all of the things, you know, from a statistics point of view and from the various surveys that they do, you know, just in 2017, which is only a couple of years ago, the esports audience was around, estimated to be around 335 million people globally, right? In terms of viewers that were actively interested in consuming content and looking at events. And in 2020, that's already risen to around 495 million in terms of an estimation. And the interesting part about that is that uh, less than 50% of that are people that classify themselves as gaming and or esports enthusiasts, right? So the market, especially as, as things continue to move forward, and I think you've seen during uh, Corona with things like the uh, NBA 2K League and the MLB Show League and the events that they had on ESPN. Um, Twitch traffic is through the roof. YouTube traffic is through the roof. So the the growth, not just among hardcore gamers, but of people who just think that it's fun and sort of cool to watch and want to be a part of it, uh, I definitely, I think, continues to grow. The interesting thing for me, uh, as an old guy who's almost 50 years old and who at first had a hard time sort of wrapping my head around this and, and understanding what this was all about was watching my son who's an eight-year-old and a competitive athlete in a couple of different sports baseball and soccer and he will rarely watch baseball or soccer on tv but will sit and watch twitch streams or youtube streams of fortnite and call of duty and other games that he's interested in playing uh, on an almost daily basis right he has some favorite professional traditional sports athletes, um, but he can tell me all about who the top five Fortnite players are uh, and go on and on and on about esports. So I think the, the market just continues to evolve and continue to grow and be energized. And I don't see it really stopping or slowing down anytime soon. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a, I agree with you there too, Jeff. Is like a, I have a nephew. He's around like that 13, 14-year-old range. And that's all he does is he, he plays football during the, the during the fall months. 
And then after that, then he goes in and he plays video games and he watches those videos. And I asked him, I go, what do you watch those videos for? And he's like, well, I'm just learning to see what they do so I can, you know, try to mirror and try to do the same actions and, and try to play on the same level or that, or they just enjoy watching those people play because uh, of the content or things that they are able to do, or maybe it's just their character that they play on these games. Cause a lot of these guys create their own characters too online and they, they create those followings. Well, and one of the things that uh, is is really interesting to me is just that as as the generation grows up, like Jeff, you know, your son, Miles, your nephew, as they continue to grow up, esports is no longer just thought of as oh, video games, you know, something that you do in your spare time or whatever. But there's a there's actually a viable path forward now because you're seeing more collegiate teams, right, more professional teams. That this isn't just something that uh, you know, video games are are something that exists in the fringes, but this is really becoming a mainstream thing where there is infrastructure built around it now. Oh yeah, I mean, the collegiate level is just it's crazy how many colleges are starting to get into this. And colleges are starting to dedicate more of their efforts with going into getting into esports because they have a good student body that has got involved with them in, in a community aspect. And now they're going into the, the collegiate space to cl- compete on a varsity level, which is just there's so many more colleges out there that are using this as like an attraction piece, just like athletics, you know. So they're coming in there and they're trying to gain you know, these top talent, top level people to come in and play for their college or play for their university and and compete in this level because it is a competitive sport. Yeah, it's uh, I go back and I think about some of the things that my parents told me when I was growing up. And I guess I can no longer tell my son uh, that he's just wasting time on video games. There's no career in that, right? Because (laughs) uh, because one of the things, you know, we have the, the good fortune of working with a couple of uh, individual franchises across the Call of Duty and a couple of other leagues. And because we also are heavily involved in traditional sports uh, and their facilities, you know, the way that these athletes are treated in the esports space um, is becoming very much like the same way that an NBA or an NFL athlete uh, is treated as well. So, you know, these, these teams have facilities where uh, nutrition is a thing and rest is a thing and practice is a thing and film review to get better is a thing. And so the, these esports training facilities that also sort of function as the team offices are very much identical to many of the uh, NFL and NBA facilities that we work on. In fact, many of the teams are owned by NFL and NBA owners or NBA and NFL franchises, right? And so the way that they're treated and, and the way that they have access to amenities and training and modern things that you would traditionally associate with regular stick and ball sports uh, has been an interesting thing to watch over the last couple of years. Right, absolutely. And with those facilities and with uh, the increase in stadiums uh, around the country, esports specific stadiums, I can think of uh, there's a big one uh, in North Texas where I live uh, in, in Arlington, Texas, that they uh, converted a convention center into a full blown, you know, uh, LED packed out esports stadium, which is uh, kind of an incredible thing to think about. Just a few years back, you wouldn't have thought that that would be a reality. But now, more and more facilities, more college teams building out those types of facilities. How is LED really coming in and being used in these types of environments, in these types of facilities? Tell me a little bit more about those applications for LED. 
Yeah, like a LED perspective, you know, they're utilizing it for various different cases. They're using, like Jeff said, they're using it for a coaching piece. And so the as these kids are gaming in their labs, uh, you know, they've got four different sections on a screen or maybe they're segmented more uh, on the board and they can be able to see all of the different actions and motions and uh, the coach is able to react with those or maybe they're able to do player review uh, and they got some uh, sort of annotation device so they can go through and say, you know, do little annotations on the board itself or on a device and they can kind of more in a collaborated effort. Um, some of them utilize it for advertisement. And so they'll put like ads on the sides. And so if there's a student body and a student following, they'll be able to gain sponsorships and attractions from local support and local businesses uh, to be able to gain attraction because, you know, all these kids, they gain, they gain for hours, you know, and, you know, being pretty recent as a teenager, you know, I, I got to eat after I've had all that uh, good fun. Right. And so, you know, going out to <laughs> these places, that's where they're able to gain uh, and attract sponsorships too as well. Some of them are using it for like arena setups and we're talking, you know, multiple use cases. Um, they could do it as like a, a setup and tear down with like a, a stage type of environment so they can bring it into an auditorium space or a gym space, set up a stage, uh, put up a nice big 16 by nine screen and, and host the audience in the bleachers. And then they got all these players interacting with each other or they have a dedicated space like you had mentioned in Texas, but that's a conference center. So that's, they use it for multiple th different things, not just esports. And so that's a, a cool thing that you can utilize LED technology for that it's not just dedicated for esports. You can utilize it for multiple purposes and multiple use cases. And, and Jeff could highlight on, you know, those multiple use cases and the, and the, a lot of that front end equipment on where you can use uh, these LED screens and things of that nature. But, you know, there's multiple use cases for these screens to host different types of things and different types of, of content on them. Absolutely. I think first off, you know, eSports Stadium Arlington's a gorgeous facility. Well, while we weren't involved with that project directly, I've had the opportunity to be there a couple of different times for uh, various different uh, events, uh, including an eSports competition and the, the atmosphere there and, and what they've built there is nothing short of outstanding. To Miles' point, I think there's a variety of applications that are largely similar to what you would find, again, in traditional sports venues, both on the team facility side as well as the competition venue side. Um, on the team facility side, again, as Miles indicated, we're installing direct view LED for training applications, for traditional viewing applications, right? So uh, a lot of these facilities are multi-purposed and they um, use them as, as, a, as, an, as a place that they can hold viewer watch parties and various different things when the team is on the road. Of course now, with COVID, all of these tournaments, even amongst the professional leagues, are being held virtually and online only. But ultimately, as we shift back into using venues and facilities, uh, a lot of our clients are looking to install large format video screens to be able to, like I said, host watch parties and various different uh, marketing and promotional events that highlight their sponsors and their team and their brand, particularly when their team might be at an away match uh, in a different city or a different venue. So a lot of the things that you would anticipate seeing in a team headquarters where you might use LED, absolutely 100% the application there. On the venue side, uh, 
on the competition venue side, it's very much the same, right? So you're going to have a seated audience at these venues. You know, some of these audiences are very, very large. Uh, the traditional center-hung sort of NBA, NHL arena um, system doesn't necessarily work just because of the way that stages and various different elements are typically oriented to the seating, to the seating bowl. So we usually see large sort of monolithic video displays that are giving you fans in the stands a taste of the action so that they can see what's going on on people's screens when they're participating in venue. And it's also used oftentimes to create an environment, right? So esports, if you've, if you've gone to an esports competition or you've sat through and watched one of them, LED, both from an in-venue perspective and a television or online streaming broadcast perspective, is very much used to set uh, sort of the mood and enhance the atmosphere in the arena in a way that's different from traditional sports, right? The arena's dark. The focus is very much on the competitors on the dais or on the stage that are competing in esports. And so LED really is used in many times as a complementary piece to help create sort of a high-tech buzz and sort of a cool um, video game type atmosphere as, as decorative elements, not necessarily always functional elements. So the uses for it within these types of venues, be it a team facility or a competition venue, again, across various different stages of this, high school, college, pro, they're pretty much endless to what you can use your imagination to think about and then what you're what you have the ability to fund and can afford. Well, I was going to highlight uh, Jeff highlighted on broadcast too as well as that you know broadcast is a huge huge initiative for some of these uh, esports followings, and so um, they utilize in Twitch, YouTube, Facebook to do these broadcasts, and sometimes they're these large competitions, and uh, they're putting up like these small co-host studios or these small in-room studios and they're utilizing led technology to be able to create that you know broadcast environment um, they're able to use it for uh, different content for different backgrounds so I, I see broadcast as becoming a, a huge initiative and a huge focus for you know moving forward even in amongst the the pandemic that we're in right now in, in social distancing I see, uh, you know, broadcast and, and these co-hosting stations and these smaller stations being a, a huge focus because the commentary piece is becoming more of a, a high key focus within esports and in these broadcast initiatives around esports. So you could look for LED technology to starting to be implemented more in the, the broadcast space too as well. Yeah, that's a that's a great point to bring up, and you know one of the things that you you guys being involved in in, in sports across all you know different uh, different types and forms know that that part of the part of the goal these days for in stadium experiences is, is to create that that experience that fans are going to remember that they're going to take with them, and it seems like what you're describing is that LED really helps set that stage and set that mood for you know, that fan experience that they're going to, that they're going to remember forever, whether, you know, when, when you walk in a baseball stadium for the first time, you always remember the sights, the smells, things like that. And it seems like what esports is able to do utilizing led is really set the scene and create that similar type of feeling that when you walk into one of these, these competition venues that you really feel immersed in that experience. And that seems like a really, a, a really cool application of led without question. And, and I think, you know, what, what also sets esports apart from traditional sports when you talk about creating an environment 
is you know one key difference if you haven't been to a, a professional esports event um you know if i go to an nfl game or go to a major league baseball game uh i may arrive to the venue do some tailgating hang out uh go to the game the game is a two or three hour event uh and then i leave right uh, same thing with major league baseball an nba game whatever the case may be an esports event those fans show up and there's programming throughout the entire day uh and they're pretty pretty rabid about their support and their enthusiasm, not just individual teams, but for the platform or the game in general, right? And so uh, if you go to a Call of Duty event, like the initial event that they held here in Minneapolis to kick off the Call of Duty League before uh, COVID shifted it all to online, you know, that was programming that lasted three days, 10, 12 hours a day, and people showed up at 10 o'clock in the morning and were there until eight o'clock at night in in and around the facility. And so a lot of the LED inventory is used to create an additional experience around the entire event, not just when the matches are played, right? Because there's obviously downtime and other things happening between all of the different matches. So how we keep those people and those fans engaged while they're there for an extended duration of time and not just a short window for one particular game or one particular match is also a great application for how LED is used uh, in these environments. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a, a good point there, Jeff, is that uh, you see a lot of these kids just posting up spot for hours on end. You know, um, a lot of my more recent uh, arenas, there we're getting anywhere from uh, six to 10,000 people on average that would sit there for a long time and just view and watch the game. And so, you know, that's an average number. That's just not the total number that you're seeing. And so with that average number, you're seeing people constantly just continue to engage and continue to watch for hours, hours and hours because uh, of that competition and in that environment. So, yeah, definitely. I see that, you know, the things that they do and how they engage with the audience and utilizing this technology is a huge, important piece. Um, you know, a lot of these times when, you know, was COVID was not a thing, you know, these people would come into the room and they'd scan their badge. And then some of them have like a, an LED desk in front of them. And then basically it would welcome that player and saying, you know, oh, you have these stats and welcome uh, Ninja and you have this many uh, kills and you have this many assists and this is your points package, you know, all based off of software and the front end system that's communicating with the LED. And so there's just so many different things that you can create for a fan base or a user base to engage with the audience as they're engaging with the game and engaging with the, the crowd. Absolutely. So one of the things that I think is worth bringing up is that LED has really grown in accessibility over the years um, from being something that uh, that was extremely high end to, to something that is is able to be utilized in a lot of different applications now, as we've mentioned. So I was wondering if you guys could just kind of talk and speak to uh, in a little bit more detail that increased accessibility uh, of LED and, uh, you know, maybe the affordability aspect that allows it to be uh, applicable in so many different ways. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, coming from the display side, you know, we try to compare to what other technologies that are out there that, you know, we kind of compete in this space and, and what would be more of a competitive purchase. So when you're comparing in projection to this LED screen, 
over time, you know, the, that cost is going to be very, very comparable to that projector on a five-year term. And, and with LED, you have a, a much more flexibility, a, a large color gamut, a, a grayscale, white scale, blacks are all solid colors. Uh, and, and that's what's key and important because a lot of these organizations, when they want something like a, a display, they want it to look nice. They want Coke red to look red. They want Facebook blue to look Facebook blue. And, uh, and that's the important thing is, is that, you know, LED can give you that large color gamut uh, as, far as, as far as like a performance standard. But, you know, making it affordable is the key feature. Um, and a lot of these institutions and things don't look at that. They just look at the initial price tag and they don't think about, you know, the back end and what it's going to cost to repair and, and maintain that display over time. And LED is a technology that you can leave it on 24-7, seven days a week, and it's going to last you in the upwards of around 10 to 12 years. And, and that's a solid number to go off of uh, when you're trying to compare that technology to other, uh, other projection technology. Yeah, for certain. I think, you know, total cost of ownership is absolutely something that has to be considered when you look at deploying technologies. You know, speaking from the system integrator side where we're uh, deploying these environments uh, sort of across all spectrums, not just the display technology, but all of the back-end systems for broadcast and AV and sound and all of the other elements. You know, as, as we look at how the growth, just in the last three years, the growth of uh, esports in terms of popularity and the demand for these type of purpose-built facilities, you know, the nice thing is that simultaneously, the cost of high quality direct view LED has been coming down at almost an inverse proportion, right? And so uh, if we go back just a couple of years ago on the, on the start of this whole sort of explosion of popularity, I could propose to a particular client projection, as Miles noted, uh, traditional flat panel LED wall or, you know, displays made out of uh, you know, regular flat panel video wall displays, and then direct view LED. And at the time, several years ago, um, that was the cost was a large barrier to entry just from the initial startup cost, right? Because if projection was a 1x cost, a flat panel LED wall of size may be a 2x cost, and indoor direct view LED was going to be a 6x or an 8x cost, right? And so that precluded a lot of people from seriously considering the technology and so early on, you saw a lot of um, projection, traditional flat panel video walls, uh, and other display technologies. Now, as that curve comes, has come down dramatically, and we can get high-quality, um, affordable, high-resolution, small-pixel pitch indoor LED at a far more affordable price, where now it's maybe, just in terms of initial capital, not even looking at TCO, a 2x or a 3x uplift. I think when you weigh that against the impact of the visual impact um, of a seamless video wall, people are used to seeing this now in venues and places, and not just in sports venues, but in lobbies of corporate campuses or in the lobby if you're in a university esports setting and you see that your business school has a giant LED wall in the in the lobby of the business college. Um, why can't I have that in my esports venue if I'm a college campus? And so there's all of those use case applications. The initial capital expense has come down dramatically to a place where it's very affordable. 
total cost of ownership oftentimes is a no-brainer. And then the last element I think that's driving acceptance is I can create a lot of unique display types that I can't necessarily create with those other display technologies. So as an example, I can curve indoor LED. I can make it into odd shapes. I mean, I have I have limitations of what the panel sizes can do, but I can create very unique looking displays for various applications that are very, very difficult to achieve with other display technologies. So I think you take all of those things together into one sort of big bucket, and that's really what's driven indoor LED acceptance to really sort of unprecedented levels. Well, we've talked about lots of different ways that, that LED is applied in these esports settings and talked about the growth of esports in general. So where do things go from here? How does LED continue to uh, be utilized in the esports setting as esports continues to grow? What, what do you guys see as the future as things continue to build forward and, and, and there's this momentum behind esports? You know, I think the, the, the big challenge that everyone has, right, is we transition back to being able to gather in spaces. Esports has has continued on, one of the things that esports lends itself very nicely to is they weren't necessarily knocked down heavily by COVID um, in some regards because so much of what their presence has traditionally been has been online, right? So I host a tournament and then it's on Twitch or it's on YouTube or it's on Facebook Live or it's on whatever platform I choose to put that on and my viewers have access to it and I can do all of those things and I can host an event and it's not a big deal. And I and because video games inherently and esports inherently are a networkable product, I can have my athletes in various different locations around the world and still be a team and still host an event and do all of those things. The problem that that creates, just like the ones that traditional sports are facing, is that doesn't help me with revenue, right? So um, if I'm running an esport, a professional esports team, I can't monetize my product very effectively when I'm only putting it into an online platform and I don't have the ability to host fans and have them at the venue for eight or 10 hours a day for three days when I host a home tournament or a home match. And so absolutely as COVID sunsets, whatever time frame and whatever that looks like and whatever the new reality is, and people can start to gather together, I think teams are going to want to be clamoring to get into an environment, whether it's a purpose-built facility, whether it's rental and staged, whatever the case may be, where they're going to want to host events and host them quickly across all spaces, college, pro, whatever the case may be, so that they can capture those revenue streams because they're critically important to the future of the industry, right? A professional team can only pay its athletes and do the things that it needs to do if it has sustainable revenue streams. And for just like, again, a Major League Baseball game, uh, those esports teams are relying on being able to host those events to be able to create revenue that, that pays for the operation, right? So it's going to continue to be critically important. I think that we'll continue to see the adoption as we move out of this of purpose-built facilities, either on a league level, a team level, um, a municipality level like Esports Arlington, certainly colleges and universities continue to build out their spaces even during COVID, frankly, and even down now. We don't really get involved in that marketplace, but I know Miles and his team does uh, even down to the high school and K through 12 level. So I think that there's going to be ample opportunity as we come out of this 
to continue to find opportunities to drive indoor LED into all of the applications that we've already discussed. Yeah, yeah, and, and the highlight on, on some of Jeff's comments is, is that, you know, you obviously COVID put a, a quirk in a lot of people's plans as far as like an event space, but I mean, to be honest with you, when this thing, when the sun does set, as Jeff said, that, you know, these kids and some of these adults are going to be wanting to go to events and wanting to go to places. And so, you know, me as like an arena owner or a facility owner is like, what am I going to do differently to bring my fans back? What can I do differently to bring my fans back to my space and feel comfortable getting into my space? And so, you know, one thing you got to do is like, what can you do differently is, you know, hey, can we put in some display technology or can we utilize some of this technology to bring our customers back, to create a different or, or more of a unique environment than the one they came in, you know, six, seven months ago when they were last year for an event. Um, those are some of the things that you got to think about is like, you know, all these facilities are being put up and all these places are going to be open. And so now you got to try to attract the mind again. And so you got to create that new buzz or you got to create that new environment for them to attract those minds and, and display technology is one thing to attract them. Um, and even in like, a, you know, we just said that the collegiate space is huge. And so, uh, you know, things may be limited at the time, but, you know, what are you looking down for in the 2021, 2022, 2023 pipeline? You know, you're trying to engage those students of tomorrow, the students of next year and the year after that, the kids that are 16 years old going to campus for the first time and doing their campus walkthrough. And they may be playing into esports and they may get into esports. And so, those facilities are to attract the that generation and those, those student body you know you obviously the student body that you currently have implemented they're building the infrastructure for tomorrow and uh, they're helping you build that message and and that's what you need to do and, and a lot of these kids are are those techie type of kids they like that techie type of environment and so giving them an led screen to, you know, as they come in down the aisle and, and they got their banner up there and all of their stats and they're being, you know, uh, complimented into an arena or maybe it's the, they have a, a portrait sign that's up in the top corner of their stats um, and posting their stats at all times. It, it, maybe it's a, a recruitment piece. You know, let's be honest, a lot of these schools are starting to utilize this just like they do sports and, and some kids are choosing one's institution over another just solely based on you know the technology they have the facility they have the gear that they have uh, i mean all those different types of things are are, are brought into that and the broadcasting i think is still a huge piece that's going to continue to grow even if covid is still uh, you know a simple portion three four months down the road is that you're going to see these smaller hosted uh, studios have these LED backdrops. Some of them might have like LED flooring um, that you've seen in some of the larger broadcast studios and they're gonna create more of an immersive environment. And then these, this is where kids can engage and other departments can engage from a collegiate perspective to be able to bring in their communications department and also get like real life work skills because you know, Jeff said a lot of these organizations are hiring, hiring some of these people 
for content creation or they're hiring these people for broadcast initiatives, various different applications that can be utilized with this technology. And it's just, uh, uh, I, I just see a lot of different avenues as things continue to open up in America. Um, and then as we continue to move forward is, you know, you know, what's your broadcast initiative look like? And, you know, what are you going to do differently? And what are you going to do that's new that creates an experience to draw in your fans to, to those arena spaces? Absolutely. Well, it, it's an exciting time for, for esports and, and for the LED space when it comes to these applications. And so it's been a lot of fun getting a chance to, uh, to explore that world with you guys today. Miles Dean from Unilumen and Jeff Volk from Alpha Video. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today here on Direct View and uh, talking a little bit more about this. No, thanks, Tyler. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great. Yeah, appreciate it, Tyler. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the show. We enjoyed it very much. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please make sure to go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days, wherever you're listening to this episode, bookmark it, save it, follow it, whatever you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with everything going on in the world of LED from Unilumen. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. <laughs>